five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. This is Chris at Lightforce, your usual host, the guy that comes in between the ears to your brain, and I'm not alone. That's right. On this episode, I am introducing you to my regular co-host that's going to be joining me on an ongoing basis. We have Sam, who you can find on Twitter, at another Sam Chan, but welcome, Sam, to the podcast. That's all the Korean I know. What did you just say? Because I said hello, everyone. My name is Sam. Sweet. So you're you're our official, you know, Korean language expert because you know. I to really say hello. hope you find someone better than me for that. Because my wife had to train me like a good fifteen minutes on that one line. Oh, so your wife's the Korean expert? Uh, in this family, she is. No, the 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 backstory, and I guess this will go a little bit actually into my story about Overwatch. Um, my wife is big into Korean culture. Not gaming culture, but I guess more the K-pop and just in general, Korean lifestyle, Korean food. Uh, so we went there for our honeymoon mm-hmm. a few years ago. And the funny thing is we were in Pusan and I kept walking by these signs and it was an Overwatch expo and I'd never heard of Overwatch. Like I've played games prior to that, but I didn't pay much attention and I kept thinking Overwatch was the name of the stadium or the place. And it <laughs> wasn't until I get back and I started playing the game. I was like, Oh, I would have really wanted to go there. Um, but I missed my chance. Cause I'm not going to poos on anytime soon again. So. So, so you, you missed out, you missed out not knowing that Overwatch was a game until you got home. Yeah. I just thought I was like, this is really elaborate designs for like whatever conference you're holding. And it was like Diva and Tracer and I think that Farah or whatever. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I I can't say I've ever been. Although maybe now I have reason. Maybe the Vancouver Titans will go and play some matches in Korea at some point and I'll just go on a road trip. You know, I've never I've done that for the Vancouver Canucks. I've I've watched them playing in Montreal. So what's I think it's worth the trip. I think other than the translation, that it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it would. But uh, enough about uh, your honeymoon, because as much as I'm sure people have tuned in to, to hear all about that, but uh, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to cover in this episode. We've got a lot of information. Uh, we've got the schedule release. We're going to talk a little bit about the Vancouver Titans' first few uh, matches, who they're going to be playing for specifically, at least in stage one. Uh, but all four stages are out there in the uh, the ether. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some predictions. Uh, we've got the Titans skins. we got Titans jerseys. We've got uh, all sorts of league news because you uh, got to sit through the, was it two and a half hour watch Beautiful. point? Uh, 33 minutes. Yeah. And Shout so... league <laughs> hey, I did it live. As I told you, I was live tweeting for our listeners and that in our community and in Discord. But uh, with so much in this episode that we want to talk about, you know what? Let's not waste any more time. Let's jump directly to the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. So Titan schedule has been released. And while, as I mentioned earlier, it was available for all four stages, let's actually focus on stage one for this episode. Now, The Vancouver Titans will be opening up their season 
on February 16th. That's right. We actually have to wait three days before we see the Titans play. And it'll be at 4.30 p.m. Pacific. All times are Pacific against the Shanghai Dragons. We'll talk more about that match specifically in a moment. But the rest of Stage 1 has it breaking down as follows. The Titans play on February 23rd, 3 p.m. against the Guangzhou Charge, uh, February 24th at 4.30 p.m. against the San Francisco Shock. They then play March 1st, 7 p.m. against the LA Valiant on March 8th, 5.30 p.m. Paris Eternal on March 10th, 4.30 p.m. Chengdu Hunters and then March 17th, 4.30 p.m. Uh, against the GZ Charge again. And after that, Stage uh, 1 finals uh, happen. But all the way back to the beginning. The opening weekend matchup, one has the Titans only playing one match, and that is against the Shanghai Dragons, which arguably people might go and say that's guaranteed win night. But it's not the Shanghai Dragons of old anymore. So, Sam, would you back the guaranteed win night up, or do we go into that one with a little more uh, uh, resistance to the idea that uh, the Shanghai Dragons are a walkover? I think it was Omni that said we didn't want to be Shanghai Dragons' first first win. Um, and honestly, I think the Dragons, I think there's no doubt they're much improved. I don't think they go own, well, they can't go own 40. The worst they can do is own 28. Um, spoilers alert. Um, but they're definitely much improved, and I definitely think it'll get some wins on the board. I do think, you know, from the overall sense of the the casters and, and general so-called experts, they're putting a little too much kind of reflex the other way. Um, I think they'll be a middle of the tier, middle of the pack team. I think it's very winnable for the Titans. Um, but I mean, maybe this is a precursor, my prediction of the Titans overall. Like, I think it's too simple to rate them as a top three team or just because they've got all this success as runaway. Um That'll just automatically translate. Like, unfortunately, I was a fan of the Lunatic High Soul Dynasty for the last season, and I've seen that you know come crashing hard. And mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a much longer season, and I think we're gonna see them have ups and downs. So I'm not ready to kind of just anoint them. And I think that's a little too much pressure. I think they have to get settled. You know, it's a new country, new place, new team, new colors. There's a lot of new, and we're talking about. 16 17 i mean 17 18 year olds right so so there's adjustment periods so Definitely. i think it'll be competitive yeah and i you raise a good point and it, again i think you are right i think it was on the in uh, in discord that it shared is that you know who wants to be the shanghai dragons first win or in their reference to the team playing them the first loss um there's a lot of pressure there and the fact that the titans faced them Game one of their first inaugural season or second season for Owl, um, there is pressure there. And then the point that you're raising about, you know, these are kids in an entirely new country, in a uh, new environment, new team, new colors. There is a lot of new. I, I can't argue with that. And I, when I first saw the release, I'm like, wow, awesome. Of all the opponents to play the Dragons, not that bad. But then the more you think about it and the more you evaluate where the Shanghai Dragons are essentially a new team themselves and they're going to come with a whole lot of pressure themselves to produce, they'll want to make that mark early. So I kind of look back and wonder, wouldn't it have been better to have faced some other team? So long as it wasn't the, you know, the Uprise and the Excelsior, uh, the, um, 
uh, really, you know, any of the any team, right? right? But, any I team, mean, the yeah. good thing is Shanghai Dragons are playing on, on the 14th on the premier night against the Spark. So maybe it'll be a non-story by then. It's true. And if, if they do get that win, they can go 1-27, right? And we're okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine. Speaking of the uh, rest of the schedule, um, as we see in stage one, the Titans are going to see the charge twice. Now, what I find interesting, and I know that that's going to occur throughout the season, is that in one stage, they see the same side twice, and then they go into a stage playoff. And in my mind, that seems a little odd, because if you do start to see uh, teams like the Florida Ma'am or the old Shanghai Dragons, and you face them a couple of times in one stage, that provides a team, quote-unquote, a significant advantage. Um, any thought to to the fact that that's sort of built in, or is it just more of, you know, it's going to happen and everyone's going to have an opportunity to get that that type of schedule? I think I think it's a lot to build with the momentum of what it, what what they blizzard thinks is a longer season right and and i think stage play is also a good way to keep kind of fans engaged especially you know from what we learned last year where new york was dominating for so much of the year um in the same way and i know you hate talking about the nba but the warriors just cruise through the regular season and it doesn't mean as much i think having those stage playoffs and having these play-ins that really kind of goes oh like nobody cared about the Boston uprising until, you know, the third season when they suddenly go undefeated and, and it kind of kind of gives, you know, everybody keeps that pulse on. And as a league, that's trying to trying to get up there and get our attention all the time. That's super helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you are right. The NBA itself is dead to me, but I can relate to when the Vancouver Canucks were quite successful, uh, you know, 2010, 2011, 2011, 2012, uh, the team cruised through a regular season and the quote-unquote real hockey did not occur until the playoffs at the end of the season, where in you know one season the Vancouver Canucks got cer- yeah, unceremoniously bounced. Right? Yeah, and I, I agree. I think the the stage uh, finals make a lot of sense, and I think that drive allows teams to really react and pivot earlier on. Um, I'm not against it. Like if the, let's say the Charge don't have a great season and the Titans can you know run over them. Hey, let's play them as much as we can. It's just an interesting scheduling change we're going to see in the course of the season. And we'll talk more about the the schedule itself uh, later on in the episode. But I want to actually segue into a comment that came out of the uh, Watchpoint 2019 Overwatch League uh, preview show. And you had sort of mentioned it already, but we have Brennan Hook, who we probably all know as Brencasts. And he has the Titans in his top three. How realistic is that? I, I I hear that, and even me on Twitter actually, you know, dropped the that's a bold uh, statement. Cotton reference, like I, I I'm optimistic, but top three. That's a that's a bit of a hype move, right? Uh like I said earlier, for me personally, I'd like to cater the expectations. Um, I think they'll go through ups and downs. I think they could win a division, but they could also easily just drop out of right out of the playoffs for a certain stage or whatnot. Uh, it's really too easy, to, too early to predict, right? And mm-hmm. I think one of the things to note is we we currently have how many? Like we have nine, we have nine roster spots, right? Like the max team is twelve. Yeah. Um, things things may change throughout the season, right? Um, we saw how Fisher changed, you know. 
I mean, rip to the gladiators now, but they changed, <laughs> he changed the gladiators in a big way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one team that's down in one stage could easily just flip the next one, or they might just go nuts like the uprising. Like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. The, uh, the top three, statement like yeah, yeah it's definitely how you but what's interesting is he wasn't the only one who was buying into it um you know the other casters that they had on the preview show had the titans in the top 10 and seeing other uh magazine or sort of e-magazines and outlets ranking the owl teams the titans are in the mix now you're raising the point is there are going to be up and down ups and downs and that very well could be the case. They may have a bad stage. They may have to to pivot, to change. Uh, the meta throughout the season is going to change where, you know, depending on the actual makeup of the team and which, you know, characters and tunes met, mess with the, or mesh with the meta, we're, we'll see that happen as well. But uh, I'm, I'm buying into the hype, but top three just... You know, all the power to you, Brennan. I hope you're right. Yeah, I, I'll buy into the lock the Dayton sounds for a playoff spot. The top three, I, I can't get on just because, you know, like I said, Dynasty, been disappointed, been there. Big success in Korea. And, and I think to talk about the scheduling, one of the things I think is a big transition point is it's just the season is longer. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I've never heard of any sport where so many people have dropped out or retired after one season. Like, it's it's phenomenal. And I think people are still learning, you know, we're talking about having, I, I don't want to say mental doctors, but they, they're having therapists and things talk to the team, making sure, you know, their mental game is on point. And I think the league itself and esports in general is still still trying to learn about that. It's not, it's not that easy. And... I think the the twelve person roster does need to be maximized, and right now, you know, Runaway sitting at nine, or I guess Titans are sitting at nine. Um, I can see, you know, some things flip flopping where you know you could see Hacksaw going to a rut just for a little bit, or, or something like that. Which we're, you know, from traditional sports fans, we're not we're not entirely used to seeing that the good players are the good players, and you know they're always starting. Um, but I'm seeing, you know. Overwatch esports evolve as something that's much more team focused where you really and and it's it's token to say this in traditional sports but the 12th man could be as important as you know you're starting five or you're starting six that's right and then as well the academy team and the fact that there's the concept of two-way contracts uh within the overwatch league this season as well um adds some further layers to the the depth of the roster so i think with the the points that you're raising yeah, there is a lot of opportunity for for that sort of dynamic schedule and the fact that it is a long season. Like we're talking just the stages alone run from the middle of February to the end of August. Exactly. Like there, there is no other professional league that I can think of that runs as long as, as this one will. Um, you know, yes, you do see uh, the Major League Baseball, the NBA and the NHL run for a period of time, but not not have a season as long as that, for sure. Um, moving on from the schedule, though, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, the fact that we saw some other information uh, in the uh, Watchpoint uh, preview show. And one of the uh, the elements that was quote unquote leaked, I don't know how you can consider it a leak when it was an official broadcast. Leak. 
yeah, was uh, the fact that uh, we got to see a sneak peek of the Titans jerseys. Now, for those who missed the uh, the actual preview show and you're like, oh, what did they look like? Well, first of all, make sure you're following Ready, Set, Pwn on Twitter because I've actually tweeted out uh, the screen capture that was uh, grabbed by a user on Reddit and uh, all of the uh, credit on who that's uh, in the tweet itself. But the actual jersey, it's a standard Overwatch League design. Uh, there's no variation from what we saw last year to this year. Uh, the uh, home jersey is green, green majority with a white nameplate and blue numbers, while the away jersey will be a white jersey with green nameplate and blue numbers. Super creative there. Yeah, I just you know totally you know went out uh, on a lark. The uh, player uh, name will be also shown on the front of the jersey uh, using the same uh, alternate color. So uh, the green jersey, it's actually going to be a uh, a blue uh, nameplate with the white numbers on the white jersey it's actually going to be a green bar with the the white name sorry from Uh, your memory of the brand guideline did they say their main color was blue or green uh from the brand guideline main color was green okay for some reason i thought it was blue actually you know what you know what you might be right it might be blue i think i think either way like there's you know there's dallas feel with blue already um the boston uprising with blue um, on the green side, they have the Outlaws, the Valiant, and I guess now us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, it's okay. Nothing mind blown. No. And, you know, as far as the design is concerned, I think most of the the comments as to, you know, what are the jerseys going to look like is that they are very standard. Like, and, you know, keep in mind, we're talking about the Sasquatch logo right smack dab in the middle. Uh, there's no creativity to it. It's just a static color with a logo on the front. What are your thoughts? Like, I, I, don't mind the fact that they've kept it simple because I think if I was Blizzard, I'd want the Overwatch League branding to establish itself before I start introducing jersey variations, third jerseys, and the like. Yeah, I I haven't been a fan of the Overwatch jerseys in general, and this goes not just not just in Overwatch League, but even the actually this year's oh, this year's World Cup jerseys are terrible. But that's that's a different point. Um, Especially the USA ones, uh, not to knock them one down, but um, the I can't wait personally for you know Overwatch League to be successful enough that uh, a Nike, a Reebok, an Adidas picks up you know these designs and they get some honestly some better designers um, with more wearable stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd love to support them, but you know, like I work a day job just like you and I don't want to walk around all day in this flashy green. Um, and then people ask you like, well, what's a Titan? Like I thought Tennessee Titans were blue. Um, yep. and I, I don't really want to have that whole conversation. Right. But I just think there's like, you know, with all of these creative designs, all the, and the color schemes are, are very cool, but like the, I, I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me, especially like, from talking materials, the shiny materials of the jerseys, like it's not all, it's like a mix between, I don't know, like a lacrosse league and a, and a soccer Jersey. And, and from the people that, that I saw that actually bought one last year, like the fit is weird. Um, I think they did announce a new, new uh, partnership with fanatics earlier mm-hmm. this year. So that maybe that will, well, if fanatics is the upgrade. Then, then we're in trouble, but actually one, 
one minor, you know, not a leak, but a prediction from me is like, keep your eyes out for new era. So new era is doing the, the Canadian football league jerseys. They might yeah. have some interest in, in branching out. Well, and I'm trying to think back to any time new era has actually gone and connected itself to a league. Like they, they did, you know, major league baseball to some extent, but I would suggest that the CFL connection is sort of their, their largest sort of, uh, material sponsorship. I could see new era looking to get into esports, but I could also like, I, you know, how much of a stretch would it be for Nike or Adidas to go, you know, down that path under armor just to, you know, list off all of these sort of I bigger think brands. They're, like they like to label themselves as innovative, creative, but I think they like to play it safe. Hmm. Honestly speaking, and tell that it's like more of a proven thing. And I think they're great at taking, you know, hundreds of million dollar business and turning it into a billion dollars. Yeah. I don't think they want to jump in so early. Interesting. Well, you heard it here first. If New Era gets announced. Yeah, I'm taking as, credit for that one, right? It'll be all, uh, all Sam. That's right. Remember, tweet at another Sam Chan. <laughs> Um, and then one final thing uh, before we jump into the fray is the fact that if you check out the PTR right now, all of the expansion franchise skins are available in Overwatch. Now, one very quick skin update uh, for those of you who purchased a home or an away skin of your favorite uh, Owl team last season, you noticed that you had to spend money on one or the other. Uh, that has since changed. If you purchase a skin, you'll get both home and away. So I now have a home and away for, uh, I have, uh, the soul dynasty and the Philadelphia fusion. And I don't have oh. any clue why I picked those two up. It's probably the colors, man. It's no. the only I could think of, but <laughs> those, those colors pop, right? Like you can like the dynasty or not, but you can't deny black and gold is sick. That's true. And then uh, the actual Titan skin, though, on the PTR, and just to sort of let people know what it looks like, uh, the Away is majority white. We're talking like snow white with simple blue and green accents. So you can sort of see the blue and green there, but it's a, it's a white skin. The Home skin is the one that I think most people are like, what? And what it is, is it's a majority blue with green arms plus green and white accents. And I, it, to me, it doesn't blend as well. Like it almost occurs to me that if they had done something similar to the white, where they just use the color accents, but have majority, it would have looked a little bit better. Yep. Agreed. And, and it's partially because of our Canucks bias where we've been looking at the blue and green forever. That's that true. You kind of look at it and go, eh, um, but actually I'm excited more for these than, you know, our, our fan jerseys. I think some of them pull it off quite well. Like Diva, I think is kind of cool. Um, Brigida doesn't work at all. And I think Hanzo actually looks the worst in my opinion, where he kind of looks like he has this, it looks almost like a diaper or a towel that has <laughs> Titans, it has Titans on it. It's like a, like a Titans towel that he's wrapped yeah. around his waist. Uh, that that doesn't do it for me the white skins are pretty cool but i don't i can't i can't figure out how how well they actually look in game like we've had some white skins in the past and and you know a little bit blinded mm -hmm. but well and you think about it from a competitive perspective if you rock those all white and they stand out in map you're actually helping your exactly. opposition uh you know notice movement pick up target like i, I just 
I want the first I was like, I'm going to totally have a white Reinhardt. I'm going to be that all white. And you're going to see Reinhardt charging through. Yep. It's going to be like the flash. Yep. And then that's when a buddy of mine pointed out, he's like, yes, as much as you might look awesome doing that, everyone's going to see this flash of light. And with the hitbox that Reinhardt has, you're just, they're (laughs) just going to melt you as you can charge right on in. That's exactly what's going to happen. And and I think that's actually one of the oldest like debates of, of visual overwatch is, okay, why is there this like shiny white team that's on the screen? Mm -hmm. And I know it comes from, you know, traditional sports always have, you know, one colored team, one white team. But I think that's where we have to step out the box a little bit and, you know, reconsider that because visually it just, it looks cool as an image, but, you know, playing, I think it does have any distinct advantage, disadvantage, depending on which side you're on. Yeah, high contrast. And, you know, if you were to consider when, you know, the, depending on the map, some of the evening maps, that white stands out. Like there's, it's just the way it is. All colors stand out, but white, that's the biggest contrast that you're going to have over that, you know, darker or more subdued background. Anyhow, that doesn't mean I'm not going to go and pick them up and you're going to see me in quick play, you know, rocking my white, you know, bold, white, flashy Reinhardt skin as I get melted charging into the point. Are you going to buy the actual skins or are you going to charge up your boxes? Um, so I have some coins still sitting in uh, the bank from watching uh, Overwatch League last year, linking Twitch to uh, Blizzard. If those coins still work in season two, which I hope they do, that's when I'll cash them in. If they don't, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm cheap. Uh, you know, being that, uh, 699 a skin, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's an investment. Uh, and the fact that, uh, you know, the disposable income that I have to put into something like that is currently running this, uh, this site, this <laughs> podcast. So I'm not sure how I can so you know, make sure wife. you're supporting this podcast because that's where Chris skins lie. <laughs> that's right. Like if you yeah. ever want him to get out of the, 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 what, I don't know what, what's your Reinhardt right now? Oh, SR. I couldn't tell you. No, no, not the SR, the, oh. the skin. Oh, I'm using um, the, uh, gosh, gosh, it's the, uh, the Pop one that quiz. came. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I see it in my mind right now and I'm trying to think of the name. It's the one that uh, came out uh, just after his, uh, his video. There oh, okay. Yeah, one yeah. Of those relic ones, right? Yeah. Anyhow, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Look at that. Throwing me off for a hook. <laughs> Anywho, uh, enough of uh, the Titans. Let's uh, take a short break before we uh, jump into the fray. So let's rewind ourselves somewhat, talk about the schedule as it pertains to the rest of the Overwatch League. Now, before we do, I want to share some changes that are going to occur from season one to season two. So for those of you who followed along season one, and as Sam referenced a little bit earlier in our show, the season is no longer 40 matches. It has been reduced to 28 matches. Now, there's a number of reasons why that's taking place. One, more teams, that requires more matches overall, and to fit it into the timeline, 
That was where what you saw some reduction. But as well, one of the things that uh, Blizzard understood was taking place last season was some burnout. Like, as you had said, Sam, number of uh, you know professional players have dropped out. They've become just professional broadcasters. Uh, they decided to, you know, take a step back. We saw, you know, different teams struggle with just the, the mental workload, let alone the physical workload. And as a result, the matches have been sort of dwindled down a bit to provide more room for rest and recovery between matches. As far as when you are going to see these matches, Thursday and Friday nights, that's right, Thursday, Friday night, it's at 4 p.m., 5.30 p.m., 7 p.m., and 8.30 p.m., all of those Pacific time. And then on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, those times will be 12 noon, 1.30 p.m., 3 p.m., and 4.30 p.m., so four matches Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They'll shift to afternoon on the weekend, but it will be late afternoon, evening on Thursday, Friday nights. Now, from a scheduling perspective, I have to admit, that makes it a lot more convenient, I think, for you and I to some respect, because it's Huge. kind of the end of our day when things fire up. And then obviously weekends, you know, it's just a weekend, so it may not uh, stretch too much. What I do find interesting, though, is that internationally, those times don't really line up too well outside of North America. Now, granted, the the evening Thursday-Friday matches, which will be a Friday-Saturday for uh, those in the Asia-Pacific region, those times might be okay, but it's still an early start. And then when we look at the, the Saturday-Sunday, um, quite frankly... They're not going to work very well for Asia Pacific. And if you happen to be in Europe, that's probably the greater window. But again, you're going to be staying up late to watch your, your matches real late on Saturday and uh, real late on Sunday into the wee hours of the following day. But again, I'm not complaining because here are you and I are on the Pacific We're here. coast. So <laughs> you guys have the apex. So, you know, thumbs up to you. Now try <laughs> staying up late like us. Yeah. Um, any other scheduling note as well is that the uh, change of the all-star game. So in season one, it happened at the end of the season. And I think there was all this hype, the uh, Spitfire one. And then I think there was sort of this drop off. And now I think Blizzard got smart by saying, let's move this into the middle of the season. It introduces sort of a, a natural break, but the all-star game is going to take place after stage two or the stage two finals. That's smart. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think it, it aligns it more with more of the professional leagues, you know, save for the NFL, which still does their, you know, Pro Bowl a little weird. But the fact that it gives you the organic break in the season, you know, helps reinforce that they're taking both the mental and physical health of their their athletes. And that's what they are. I mean, yes, may not be in the traditional sense, but they are athletes, um, seriously. But back to the schedule. Uh, opening weekend matchups. Now, we were hoping that we would see the Titans you know, play on, you know, day one, February 14th. Uh, I had kind of hoped February 15th. That's my birthday. Um, it's <laughs> going to be the uh, 16th so that we have to, to wait for. As far as day one, however, the first match of the day is a rematch. We have the Philadelphia Fusion playing the London Spitfire. And then subsequently, if we were curious, well, who is the first expansion franchise? Uh, it's the uh, Hangzhou Spark, which uh, play, as you had already mentioned, the Shanghai Dragons to end off the Thursday uh, uh, four matches. So they'll be playing on the uh, the late game. That's when the Dragons get their first franchise win. 
you, you think they'll they'll beat the spark and then I'm, play oh, the Titans on Saturday? I'm hoping for it. <laughs> and whether or not home or away makes sense, uh, Shanghai Dragons will be away for their first match. They're going to be home against the Titans on Saturday. Uh, home is Spitfire uh, Fusion away, but that sort of makes sense. Generally speaking, in most professional sports, when you have your champions rematch, the uh, winner always gets the uh, home advantage. But uh, what compelling matchups do you see in that uh, that opening weekend? Um, for me, I like to go old school, so I don't think anybody will be talking about this because both had massively disappointing seasons. But I'm still excited for Dynasty Feel. I mean, give me give me those guys all day long. They were like they don't just forget how to play, right? And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of stability there. I already hinted at Fisher joining Dynasty for this season. I think uh, feel is much more stabilized, and, and a lot of the nonsense that happened half last year is has gone. And and despite their records, every time these teams have played each other, it's gone. It's gone to five. It's gone to seven. Whatever, whatever it is. And so you know that's actually the last game of the weekend. But that's the one I'm most looking forward to. But I know you got a couple in your bag, and we're not talking about the Titans one, of course. I think everybody listening to this podcast will be paying attention to that one already. Yeah. And, you know, just another scheduling uh, note, you and I don't have to worry about watching the Titans on a work night because unless you and I work on the weekend, stage one, they play on a Saturday and stage two, it's a Saturday and a Sunday. It's It's very nice. And it's the, it's the, it's the prime time for Saturday night too, right? Before hockey night in Canada, and then everybody goes back to their igloos. Exactly. It's, it's perfect timing. It's as if that was done intelligently. Mm. As far as uh, uh, matchups beyond the, you know, the two that I sort of shared, I think the one that uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested in has to do with the Atlanta rain and the Florida man. Um, and it's more of a, more of a, I wonder what you're going to get there. Cause in my mind, both of those, those uh, teams are toss up. I mean, we, we didn't really talk about this, but there will be, and again, it's kind of weird how Al does it. There's going to be player suspensions, like they'll be announced and the way Overwatch looks at player conduct, it's not as much as what you are doing while you are uh, playing. It's also as much as you've done in the past. It's kind of like how uh, the NFL looks at its player conduct. Like if you've done something wrong and you get found out, even though you weren't an NFL player, the NFL is going to actually punish you for that. So Owl does something similar. And as we talked about in a a previous episode, the Atlanta rain have a particular player who people are already saying is probably going to be suspended early on. That's to Fran. Um, and, uh, you know, again, we're, we might see that happen for a number of reasons, boosting, tends to be the biggest offender, but there are other things that they, that players might do. So going back to the rain mayhem, to me, that's just the, that's the coin flip of, is it going to be good or is it just going to be great, but great because it's so awful. Do you think DeFran's going to be, to be good in the league though? He's, he's very uh, nice streaming, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I was, uh, I'm trying to think who, who would put the, the post together, but I was just reading some comments on how there's thought that is Defran even in the starting six. Like he, he's the, you know, players that he currently plays well, aren't really in the established meta. So, you know, it's just a name. Like in the fact that the Atlanta rain, when they announced their players, they even knew Defran would be, 
you know, one of the most talked about components of that org, they had him hack in somber style at the end of the player announcement video. So yeah. And we've also seen some craziness about him, like, you know, leaving owl professionally altogether in the rain. And then the following day and saying, uh, no, it was just, you know, a rough few days. I'm, I'm good. I'm not going anywhere. I just, it's he's the XQC of the seer, right? Yeah, and I and that's that's not the uh, the type of uh, you know mantle I think you'd want to wear. Speaking of which, XQC he's uh, been banned from Overwatch, I think, for now. For for good or I, I well he I, he got a ban like he was logged in and he got banned like mid game, um, and since then I I don't watch his streams because um, he's a little more hyper than the style that I appreciate, but you like, you like to have your hearing after you watch a streams, which yeah, exactly. And so, um, he's been playing, like he's been streaming on Twitch, a whole variety of titles, not overwatch. Like, so I couldn't even tell you if he's been like permaband or, or what. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that, you know, depending on how long the rope is for the league in general is something that, that overwatch league needs to figure out is at the end of the day, esports is entertainment, Mm-hmm. And entertainment is going to be based on stars, and there's always going to be stars with personality. I mean, how many times do we make fun of athletes who give the same dry answers time after time and time again? Um, and and you know, hate love them or hate them, people like XQC, people like Defran is what makes it interesting. Um, more so than you know, both teams played hard, and the the faster they figure out how to kind of harness this kind of attention seeking. It, the better it'll be for the league. I think there needs to be kind of this balance of both things and also understanding on the athletes part that, you know, people are looking up to you and that does, does mean something. Yeah. And just to sort of wrap that, that thought is that I think as long as the, what they say and what they do doesn't cross certain lines, like XQC cross lines when yep. not, you know, in wow. And to me, you know, what he was saying, that's not appropriate in any case, but to be that quote unquote entertainer, um, and I'm going to go and make a stretch here from probably one of the more original forms of sports entertainment, the WWE, uh, to be the guy, you got to beat the guy. And it's just really about not only winning within the ring, but being able to be the, the focus of the conversation to generate that pop when you walk you know, out onto the stage that people are either down on you and down on you hard or high on you or a combination of both. Exactly. The other note though, about scheduling, and this is just more about the stages themselves. So their map pool has been shared uh, for stage one and it's been expanded to 12 maps. So the map pool breakdown as follows Uh, control. And this is sort of for the actual, uh, stage round. So the first four will be control hybrid assault escort. And then the tiebreaker will be one of the two control maps that wasn't already played. So each control hybrid assault escort have three different map variant possibilities and tiebreaker will just be one of those two that we didn't see earlier on. Now control maps will have Busan, Ilios, Nepal. The hybrid maps will be Hollywood, Kings Row, Numbani, the assault maps will be Temple of Anubis, Horizon Lunar Colony, and Volskaya Industries. 
and escort maps will be Rialto, Dorado, and Route 66. The interesting part for me, and I, this is just more, I'm curious, Horizon Lunar Colony, are we actually going to see there be any use to the outdoor component? Like, is this where we'll finally see meta evolve through competitive play of them using space, quote unquote, for competitive? advantage? No, but I can see Defran out there. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it's the only reason I bring that up because I go out there simply because there's a health box. Yeah. And I like doing some crazy stuff with Lucio and uh, Rissa and uh, Roadhog. <laughs> I, 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 I think my it's environmental because kills. you and I both play a lot of mystery heroes because <laughs> let's face it, our SR is not good enough. Yeah. But the like when you finally lock in on a character that you're like, oh, I kind of know this how to play this character. You're like, I don't want to die. So mm-hmm. you loiter out there for a little bit and then space out and then see literally space out. Um, and then, you know, creep back in and go, oh, like now I can take the point yeah. and build my alt. Yeah, and that's 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 primarily what it has to do is it's the mystery hero survivability. Exactly. Um, the the more serious note though under hybrid is the fact that we're not going to see Blizzard World, and I kind of find that interesting. I, I get that Blizzard World itself has its own issues, so to speak, um, <laughs> but I, I am surprised that we didn't we didn't see that in the mix. Like hell, I mean, even if it's not in the mix, please Blizzard build Blizzard World. I'd like to go there. Yes. Between Blizzard World and Marvel World, those are two places I want to see in my lifetime. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Yeah. And then one final thing that we learned about uh, during the Watchpoint 2019 preview show is the fact that there would be road games. Now, this generated a lot of pop because the earlier discussion was that road games were something that were going to be part of Season 3. Whereas with Season 1 and Season 2, everything was going to be in LA and Burbank. Now, during this period of time between the announcement of where those road games would be and the fact that they actually shared it during Watchpoint, people are like, oh my goodness, are we going to see them in Vancouver? And I'd shared this on Twitter and in our Discord community, but I had said, you know, as much as I would like that, there were a lot of things that would need to happen. Like, for instance, uh, when a non-citizen of any country arrives to work, generally a permit's required. And that permit and visa requirement varies from country to country that you would then have essentially a Korean roster who's already probably acquired, you know, work permits and visas to play in the United States, also now requiring them in Vancouver. And that's just the Titans. And you have all of these sort of different layers. You can't just say they're going to my buddy Francesco's place to play some games. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Television, camera, all that. Yeah. I don't know if that would have worked. And, I did have some some comments and replies of people saying, yeah, no, that's what the that's what the Titans are gonna pay people to do. And I get that. It's just I think logistically there was that was asking a lot to see road games occur outside of the US, where again, the work permits and the visas would have already been lined up. So on that note, all the road games are going to be in the US. Uh, the Dallas Fuel, the Atlanta Rain, and the LA Valiant are all going to be hosting the quote unquote road games. Now the LA Valiant will be hosting the Vancouver Titans and they will be hosting the Titans during the weekend of August 24th, 25th at the Novo by Microsoft at LA live. What a road trip. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm curious, would you go? 
Would you go buy tickets? They're not yet for sale, but would you buy tickets and head down there in August? I don't think it'd be any different than going to to watch any other game, right? If it's in LA. Yeah, I, the only thing I could think of is that they'll I, I could see Blizzard making them more of an event. Like maybe having more going on because this is sort of that first entrance into the road game environment. But yeah, uh, yeah I think if I, I think were it's to get it's to get people into the mentality, right? And yeah. and this is where I guess my professional life and and this podcast kind of ties in together. Like like I automatically think of you know running events and things like that. There's logistical things that are going to have to be learned mm-hmm. and. And I really see this, and and I think Nate Nancer was saying it that all their focus is going to be figuring out how home and away works for this league uh, long term, and this is just kind of like a baby step to me. Is all it is is I mean you could call it road games, but I mean what was it? L A. You said Houston or Dallas? Yeah, Dallas and Atlanta. Atlanta, right? Um, it's it's trial runs for for me. Like I. I was tongue in cheek when I was telling you that we should have a game in Vancouver, but watching what we've seen with the expansion team thus far, we're not that I, I can already tell we're not the type of team that makes this kind of leap leap decisions. Like it took us, you know, what felt like an eternity for us to announce our team, announce a name, et cetera. Um, for us to to get a home game in the first season, like I think I think that's expecting a little too much. But I was really hoping for for like a I think the a game in Seoul would be sold out in seconds. Like they already have the gaming culture, mm-hmm. and you know I don't think it's too hard to get permits and that kind of stuff if if it's for a one off. And a lot of those these guys are ex you know Korean League players, right? Mm-hmm. So so it's not a huge huge deal. Um, so that would have been nice, but I I think it's sending a message that clearly the the league's marketing and the league's focus is on North America right now, what it seems they're trying to make it a thing. And, and this is where I guess everybody not in business gets boring. It's, and that's because that's where a large part of the marketing dollars are being asked of right now. The metrics that they're being asked to provide are coming from, from, you know, North American consumers. And, you know, that's why you look at it and go LA, LA, Dallas, Atlanta makes sense. They're trying to get their sponsors happy and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, because next year is I and I can't remember when some of those sponsorships are up, but it's up for renewal and you know the asking price is gonna go up. Oh yeah. Are they gonna renew? So this has a big part to do with that. Yeah. The uh, I the reason I ask about tickets for Rogue Game and, and it's just a matter of of curiosity, because I you're right. Whether I go down to Burbank or I go down downtown LA um and, and watch the Titans play, the event itself is probably going to be relatively the same. Um tickets are for sale actually just on that note, tickets are for sale for all the regular matches in stage one. If you're interested in traveling down to LA and I think a few of our listeners uh, have actually shared that in uh in Discord that they've already picked up tickets and they're gonna head down. So that's kind of cool. That's awesome. Um, I unless things change, I won't be able to go down myself. I kind of wish I could. It's just that uh, vacation-wise, um, uh, personal, my vacation revolves around my little girl whose daycare closes three weeks in the year, and I get three <laughs> weeks of vacation. So um, it would have to be a boss, right? Yeah, it would have to be a quick trip to the down to LA on a weekend, which is theoretically possible. But uh, you know, I'd have to make things work. Um, I do hope that uh, in season three, I'll be able to watch locally here in Vancouver. Absolutely. Uh, 
I do want to use this as one final segue as we start to wrap things up is some questions that have been coming in to us here at Ready, Set, Pwn, either through the uh, email inbox, which is feedback at readysetpwn.com or through Discord or on Twitter. Well, uh, one question was, is there going to be an official viewing party? Uh, I don't know. I've actually reached out to the Titans organization and uh, they have not gotten back to me. I find this really interesting. Uh, they were very silent through social media and all of their channels. And then suddenly news started being shared. They started speaking to me. Uh, they started, you know, providing me details and I, you know, was very appreciative. And I told them, I think, you know, I appreciate that they can't share everything. You know, just let me know if you can't tell me something, just let me know. And they're like, yeah, no problem. We're totally going to be good at like that. And yeah, I've yet to hear back about, Hey, is there going to be an official union party? So I'm going to take some time over the course of the next few weeks to start trying to put something together. We've sort of already been passing around the idea here at Red Set Poem. So while it won't be official, there will definitely be an unofficial viewing party put together by Ready, Set, Pwn and possibly some partners. So please stay tuned. Uh, the other thing that I do want to uh, also share is the fact that while there is no, no official Vancouver Titans Discord yet, as far as I know, they have yet to share it if there is one. There are quite a few around, specifically ours. I think ours is the best. Of and course. to Join us on Discord. The easiest way to do that is to go to bit.ly slash RSP Discord. That's bit.ly forward slash RSP D-I-S-C-O-R-D, RSP Discord. And yes, there is no official Reddit page yet, but there is an unofficial fan-driven one, which is pretty cool. And that is r slash Titans Owl. So Titans O-W-L. Uh, great people there. Lots of uh, conversation. So please, you know, check them out as well. But as you can see, there's a theme. A lot of fan-driven content, a lot of fan hype, and a lot of lack for official whatever the heck's going on. Hey, uh, they did share a picture of Francesco Aquilini meeting the, the kids. So that was cool. That. Yeah. Looks like he served him dinner or something at their apartment or whatever. Yeah. Cooked him up a little spaghetti or something like that. Family recipe. Sweet. But, I said, uh, oops, sorry. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I'll promise to try and dig up some more, some more dirt over the course of the season. What's going on with, with those guys. Um, I don't, from, from what my, my source says, I think the, the team is still being formed in terms mm -hmm. of not, not the roster, but the team actually, you know, doing this kind of PR comms, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I also, th I also heard something about it being outsourced, that it's actually being managed from a team from Toronto. So that might be, that might be the source of the problem, but well, that's, that's unconfirmed. I'll see if I can dig up some more over the course of a season. We'll go from there. Yeah. And if it was outsourced in the team in Toronto, then it would likely be the group over at Luminosity Gaming, who we know they've formed a wink, partnership wink. with, right? But uh, as we wrap things up to another episode, another longer one. So uh, again, we're trying to keep it within 30 to 45 minutes and uh, we'll do our best to do that. So you don't have to sit there in the car in the parking lot waiting for the podcast to be over <laughs> um, or, you know, continue to ride the sky train or public transit, whatever it is you might be doing. To that traffic's coming up anyway. That's true. Uh, Sam, how do you think uh, your first episode has gone? Ah, mediocrely. I'll leave that for you guys to decide. Make sure you leave us a comment, right? That's true. And to leave those comments, you can leave them any which way you are listening to this podcast. Review us. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, you can drop feedback to us into email feedback at readysetpwn.com. You can go and tweet. It's at readysetpwn. And remember, pwn's P-W-N. And uh, in Discord, RSP, uh, or sorry. RSP Discord, which is bit.ly slash RSP Discord. And also, if you can't remember all of those links, because who the heck can, just go to readysetpwn.com. Everything is on the website. That's but Sam, what I do. 
I've been enjoying the fact that you're here. And I know we had in our last episode, we had Omni Strife, Omni. And I think the plan is, and just sort of to, you know, let uh, our listeners in on a little secret, it's to try to get all three of us together come the new year. We'll see. Yeah, it's the amazing thing that we call technology. But that does allow me to segue into the fact that we are coming up to the holidays and Ready, Set, Pwn is going to go on a little bit of a hibernation. Uh, You won't hear us for the rest of the calendar year, but don't worry, we'll be back first thing in the new year in regards to content. uh, We will be out just over two weeks from now. Uh, We normally release on a Monday and we run every two weeks. So please, for those of you who are going to be celebrating the holidays, uh, have a great time with friends, family, yourselves, Uh, you know, enjoy this period. Uh, Hopefully for those uh, who are, it's not too busy. And if you're not just, you know, stay safe, have a great time, do what you're doing, continue to tune in, chat about the Titans as much as you can, but do it with us here at Ready, Set, Pwn. But any final words or, or comments that you'd like to share with our thousands and thousands of listeners? Thank you for having me, first of all, and listening to all my digressions. I hope everyone has a happy holidays. They get all the skins that they want this Christmas, and we'll see you in the new year. Sweet. So on behalf of myself, Chris at Lightforce and Sam, another Sam Chan, we end every episode with two words, and that is catchphrase.